Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. Welcome to The Dirt Show. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. All right. We have Sugar Tree Farms on. This is the one we talked about. Hell yeah. And we went out to their farm and toured it. It's out in Central Point, Oregon. Yes, we did. It's real close to us, actually. And it's beautiful out there. They're kind of actually nestled in between two... Uh, hemp farms. Hemp farms. Mm -hmm. And actually, one of them is one hemp farm that was kind of controversial because it's right on the expressway. Yes. And this expressway is not only new, but it's just a straight... Stretch paved that moving cars, <laughs> and people were concerned about possible pollen being taken quite far from there. Yeah, they're right in there between the two farms, and I'll tell you what they said that they've had. They have had no zero problems. issues. Yeah, at least reported to the point when right. we had been there, which was a few weeks ago. But we Pretty got to sure see, they would have known by then. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got to see quite a bit of the, all of the farm actually, but they got beautiful rows of flower, well taken care of amazing setup again we have video and footage that we're bringing out with that oh yeah and some awesome people that work out there too steve and nick are awesome we got to talk to a, a couple of guys like i believe he's the call him the head grower he was the head grower for sugar tree one one i see because there was two t two different grows on the same property because they are and they have to be completely separate remember uh like one had its own dry room with right. its own fenced in area and then another one separate they have another area and then they were growing they were getting ready doing a third one as well yeah so they are, which that's what they were building when we were walking around that third building that everybody was that they were building that is the third building that is being put up for the third tier two that they are going to be putting in which would be sugar tree three right right yes. which goes to show how ambitious these guys are mm -hmm. and they're ready to grow they're ready to do it you know they're I, I believe they had mentioned that they're it's all private capital mm -hmm. so these guys are keeping it within themselves but it's it's tough because they really want to grow so they're really pushing to, to keep moving forward keep yeah. growing which is cool and they're doing it now it was quite a big farm to say the least and not only did we get to see some pretty long large rows of cannabis hell yeah uh, but we also got to see an R&D plot that was just, I loved it. I mean, it was insane. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's kind of worried about like how it looked or all the stuff that was going on. Was, the stuff was kind of beat up from the weather. And I'm like, man, this is, this it, looks it's cool. It's the truth about farming. <laughs> well, not only truth about it, but it just, it was so many varieties. Mm -hmm. And that's my favorite spot in the garden. I like that spot where you're trying new things out. And yeah, absolutely. If a hundred new varieties and you're trying to feed them all, you know, I mean, it's just a and lot. And figure of them all out. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, but they're, they're killing it out there. Big, large area and got to see a lot, a few rabbits. <laughs> a jackrabbit that was getting chased by a or dog. Or four. Yeah, we don't know. I think it was only one in the fence. <laughs> oh, I just saw him four different times. <laughs> yeah, you just saw him four different times because that's why the dog would zigzag because the dog was chasing the rabbit, which it the, 
it's a full fence all the way around. So it could only come in through that one entrance. Yeah. And then the dog came ra- running in full speed. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> this to is say farm the least. life, right? Yeah. It's like all of a sudden you see a jackrabbit and then all of a sudden you see a dog. <laughs> so you're like, oh, wow. So, that was a really uh, big rabbit. <laughs> yeah, but tons of colors. Like we saw the pink pistol stuff or the mm. pink stamen stuff and the, um, you know, the 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 purples and the reds and the crazy bright greens we, we got saw to that pinch nugs and frolic through the flowers it was crazy yeah because essentially we got to pinch all these r&d plants and smell all those herp herp oh, herps hell yeah and uh, they had this one i can't remember it was a, i think it was a banana strain or something but they're really looking to grow these plants that you know like their bud structure the cola structure will be these wide at the bottom and then they come to a tall point but there's a lot of beef to them so that you only have to cut down so far on the stock right. and you have all usable good flower below that's essentially nothing and then you're done uh, which i totally understand but they had a plant just like that and i yeah. think i'll have make sure that's on the video but just crazy cool yeah it was gorgeous and uh so uh, we sat down with them and and talked about exactly what's going on there and i uh, got to know them and yes. these are cool guys yep. again nick and steve thank you very much for doing that for us oh so, yeah uh, before we get into that we're just going to mention what's going on real quick in our garden we've been busy harvesting we had mentioned that last time mm-hmm. and it's oh my god it's it's exponential with plants like you know if you have two plants and then you know you add another one it's not just three plants <laughs> you it's got, like you got jokes <laughs> it's like three times three then instead mm-hmm. of you know three times and then you can keep adding up from there <laughs> yeah then it's three times three times three times three times three times three times three yeah so it's just exponential i'm saying and timing it with as limited a space as we have has been interesting yeah to um, say the least you know you do <laughs> resin does drop on surfaces <laughs> and he was not aware of that so now our well, laminate am, is but... very sticky <laughs> just, yeah so uh, lots of lessons to be learned I'm pretty sure if I laid down, I would be stuck to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Pine saw. So, but we're, we're doing good. You know, returns are looking good. The banner came out at like Mm 1.4, 1.42 dry weight on that. Um, So I was really psyched. That's got, that came out like a banner number three, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of a, we decided was the more flowery herbal floral floor florally or flat floral floral and <laughs> nog champa ish yes so, so herbally with notes of pepper in my opinion but i guess that might be the it's a little spicy a little spicy so it's a little herbal spicy tight dense nugs though i liked them mm-hmm. and they're all shelf quality like they're all grand plus i mean they're yeah, not they look good yeah so and then we have then we pulled the oct mm-hmm. and that's been curing the banner's done curing here's what i noticed on our cure though like the banner it really didn't start really coming into its dank ownness until like three and a half weeks mm-hmm. so from like three and a half weeks to four weeks it really just perfected itself yeah up until then was questionable <laughs> like i mean it was good and strong but it was like underwear quality floral <laughs> it was like yeah it was like there was still that green quality that hay to it and i yeah. was like man you know um not that it was ever going to go away because it was really dank it just it had that undertone and i wanted that to go away which yeah. it does it does you just got to stick it out sometimes yeah you got to um, cure all the way yeah but i think this year we're going to get a lot of different terps we've got the floral I definitely know that we got some gas from that blue cookies. Mm-hmm. Now that one we pulled and it's curing right now and it's just, it's got that rubbery gas smell. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we got the Sour V, which has got just a real B.O. slash right. funk is what most people would probably say. I think it smells like a set of armpits. <laughs> but, you know, it is funk. It is funk. And I like that. So, I mean, yeah, the only thing we didn't get was the orange terps. Yeah. Something, just my favorite. Something tangy, Tropicana, orange fire, something. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. That's our next search. Yeah. And once we get a hold of that, we're going to put that in there and our stable will be close to complete, at least for having a, for now, <laughs> having a, what do you call all the basic, the basics going? Yep. You know, I like to have the diff. It's hard when you want to have enough cannabis for the year and you don't, you can't have the same one. It's tough. Yeah. You don't want to grow four of the same plant because you know, it, you're going to get tired of it after the first like six ounces. Right. Yeah. And not even that. And so you got to have, you need to be able to bounce around. So. Yeah, exactly. But timing seems to be okay. Cure's on point this year. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're doing the whole, I was hanging from trellis and, you know, I think for a lot of volume that does work, you can hang walls of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're in a smaller space, I'm finding that, especially if you want, want to move or can move them or, or something around using tomato cages. Yeah. Jaybird had been doing that for a while he has a, a drying room that's completely like 60 60 60 percent humidity 60 degrees right. and it's just dialed in and he's got these square you want it i mean you can use the round ones and that works good but those square ones hold more in mm -hmm. the same amount of space and so you just set those up and you can layer from the bottom up so you just you know start cutting your stems and hang them by the stem yep. layering them up all the way up all the way around and you can hold quite a bit yeah and then it can be moved around and you can still get good ventilation on them and stuff so right it just worked really well so although i did hang the trellis you know we did switch to tomato cages and honestly it just works so much better yeah I, I, it just works kind of space saver it actually kind of is a space saver especially because i can kind of move them around in the area and mm -hmm. not have to be stuck with something hanging semi-permanently right you know and uh so that worked really well not really hitting 60 60 we get as low as um like f down to 55 and up to almost like 66 mm -hmm. so it's close enough and yeah. um it's close as we're gonna get we're in a house we need to stay warm well, yeah, and that, and the room that it's in can be affected by the other temperatures. So, yeah. um, but as limited as it is, we can't just be stuffing stuff in there either. So, um, it's working though, and the cure's coming Jeez. out good, which I'm I'm happy with. You know, I I'm pulling right, putting in turkey bags, and starting to cure. Then, you know, trimming from turkey bags into jars, and those yep. jars you brought home are sick. I think that's my new collection. We have <laughs> these big jars that we get from these cool ass farms. Yeah, we've got like a we lot got of them. TKO now. We got Geek. We got uh, Indigo. Yep. Shout out to all you guys. Yep. I can't think of the other ones. Um, we probably have some Benson. Yeah, yeah. So. Benson Elvis too, not Benson Arbor. they collectors' new items, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the word is with Benson Elvis. That's a really good outdoor farm here. Mm -hmm. I mean, like high end. Like yes, it goes to show you what you can do with outdoor, and they and obviously in. Elvis is not a smoker. <laughs> Or his family <laughs> no, is they, not smokers. I think, I think on the release, their little informal press release, they said that the Elvis family were not smokers. Yeah. So I bet you Elvis was, though. He probably was. I could see that. He did a lot of other things. Anyways, uh, they do not support a cannabis farm having Elvis. And so they. it was basically a cease and desist. They did not have the money for their lawyers to fight it. You know, the Elvis family has a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So they just changed it to Benson Arbor, which an arbor is technically they um, somebody that harvests wood, isn't it? Arborist. I think that's just someone that, yeah, has something to do with trees. I think yes. probably plants trees, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's something. Loggers but I think it has to down. do with like, it has to do with, uh, with trees or something like that is what sure. arbor means. So I'm like, hey, that's cool. Uh, so, uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to be looking for this fire coming from sugar tree. Cause I know that, and there's outdoor, I saw that outdoor. It is fire. They're going to be bringing mm-hmm. it like the rest of these top tier guys, you know, that uh, it was sugar cookies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It looked like sugar cookies. Yeah. And, uh, what was the other black Mamba? Uh huh. That one is on my two smoke list. It was beautiful. So I know these guys are bringing the straight fire too. And uh, I can't wait for it. I'm going to look for it on the shelf. Look for those two strains because they did point out that those two strains, the Black Mamba, the sugar cookies are their top. They even said that sugar cookies uh, was a type of strain that people came back to again and again. Uh, We ran through the sugar cookies very fast when we had it on the shelf. We have not had the Black Mamba, but they said that they are just releasing the Black Mamba because um, it was one they had done a pheno hunt for last year. And when they found that one, they decided to grow it out more. Yeah. Well, they did good. They uh, did. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I just because I grow, you know, I, I have an eye to look for things. And I was, you know, honestly, going through the rows, I didn't see anything. I didn't see any bugs. I didn't see any mold. You know, I did. So everything looked really ultra healthy. All the leaves looked really healthy. I mean, it was just, it just, and it felt clean. So yeah. well done, guys. Again, we appreciate it. Great tour. And uh, so check out their product when it comes on the shelf. I'm sure you'll have stuff. We'll have stuff from them. We'll let you know and enjoy it because this is coming up to be that time of year. Yes, it is. The bud will be plentiful. Mm -hmm. The outdoor bud will be plentiful. Hey, I'm an outdoor fan. I don't give a shit, especially with people like, you know, Sugar Tree and Benson and those guys. Yeah, you can kill it indoors, but the guys that kill it outdoors, they've got it nailed because they have to have genetics. And they really have to nail cure. And they have to know their region. Definitely have to know their region, especially if you want to come out with some good, you know, good, but also balance that with, you know, getting enough volume to support the farm. So, right. Well, Steve and Nick are in it to win it. That's for sure. And they bring the love with it too. Mm -hmm. So thanks guys. Enjoy the show. Oregon love. Oregon love. Stay rooted. All right. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks uh, for having us. Yes, Great absolutely. You guys have a beautiful farm out here. It's really nice. I want you guys to talk to about where Sugar Tree comes from. As we see it today, well, we bought this farm. It's 32 acres. And an old farmer, he was out here, he had cancer, kind of let it go to just had, let it go pretty much. Mm-hmm. Just like most old farmers do, they can't keep up with their, their farm. kind of yeah. overcomes them. And so we had a... Quite a mess here. I think we took out like 26 transfer trucks of just old junk. Nothing like, he was a hoarder pretty much. Uh, but it wasn't like good stuff. Like there was no no treasures <laughs> in there at all. So so we, uh, after we come to the grips of not having to be up in the hills anymore, I think that was the hardest thing because we're, we're right down in the mix and right here out front. And... We're just like, hey, man, let's just be in full, full sun, you know. Even if you get a place that's south-facing, you're still you're still missing some of that those rays. So mm-hmm. we're just like, hey, you know, there's 
stores right here need gas need this it's not like hey let's run you know 45 mm -hmm. minutes into town both ways and so uh, it's been a little bit of a double-edged sword it's a good point about the full sun though. You know, when the sun comes up it gives a certain amount of hue a certain tint to yeah. it mm -hmm. total clear hint, hue at the noon or two o'clock and then as it gets evening time more yellowish and then the same thing spring to fall so we get that full spectrum of the whole season. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least you'd be missing part of the morning. Usually you're by something or yeah. to be hidden from something with the neighbors or the street or whatever back in the day. But uh, no, we're full, full, full sun right out here. Uh, my partner and I, we went to college back in Chico, Northern California. And, Is that uh, your home state, Kel? No, I grew up in Colorado. Um, nice, nice place too. Beautiful place. So yeah. All my family's out there. Um, and then, uh, computer nerd dad brought us to Silicon Valley when I was 15 uh -huh. and then went back to the farm. Um, we had a 300 acre farm winter wheat and then alfalfa on my dad's side of the family. So that's where I'd be in the summers, just working the farm. And then after high school, I went back to the farm back there and uh then i went to school up in chico and so you've been around the farm life oh yeah yeah nice. yeah our, our my family's from north dakota a uh, long line of farmers it's interesting that you came from colorado and they were the first to to break down the walls on yeah. the legalization that so. was well after and my brother's still out there he's uh he owns uh happy days farm and rhino uh rhino supply company and, wow. and I think he was he owns a couple stores. Maybe he just sold them, fire or something. Anyway, he's doing really well out there. Oh yeah. And back he went in Colorado. He went he went fully legal, and I'm just like thought he was crazy. I'm like, dude. I mean, <laughs> you can get six figures in your backyard. Why? Yeah. Why do it? And then now he's just doing really well. Hell yeah. So, so I kind of that changed my mind a little bit when Oregon went legal and I, I was just sick of California and and uh, I talked to my buddy Brandon he was over in Mendo and I was still up in uh, Butte County great place to grow great soil um, if you're in the flatland but if you're up in the hills you got you still have clay like behind Oroville and up, up back in the hills paradise all that area you still have to deal with kind of the soil that we ended up with here, which is not that good. So we had to pull in soil and buy it. My, and Brandon, being in Mendo, is had those same issues not having perfect soil like I did. Mm -hmm. I could take, you know, a 10 gallon a minute hose, shoot it at the ground, it barely splash, would just shoot down through that sandy oh, wow. loam. Wow. And uh, I was like, where is it, where is it? up here and i just every farm i went to it just didn't have that soil and you can just can't replicate it so no and this valley has a lot of clay mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's the black stuff so it's, a lot of different water too i remember when you said you tested the water out here you were really impressed with where it came from the runoff from uh mclaughlin and then into lake was a horseshoe lake i think that's where it comes from it's horseshoe then, lake right behind mclaughlin depending on the depth of the well you know you tap into different aquifers and different you know Oh, yeah. yeah and that's we had a perfect ph too where i was you know in that in that valley in, in northern cali too so that's it was just everything was kind of aligned over there so yeah. good practice so I, I think i had it a lot easier uh than my than, than brandon did and so he was he was well adapted to just do it the way we do in pots and 
Yeah. And uh, so we had to pull in. It was a huge expense, you know, pulling in a bunch of soil, amending. And now that we've gathered enough, we hopefully won't have to purchase so much. We can just keep reworking the soil we got. Yeah. So it sounds like goal is living soil. Yeah. Yeah, and making it making mm-hmm. it that way and turning yeah. it over and letting it letting it sit. I mean that that would mm-hmm. be ideal. I mean, who wants to pay 120 grand a year for soil? Yeah, you guys are doing great. There was a lot of sights and smells today. Hell yeah, there was lot. lots of purples this year. I've noticed too with a lot of people. Are, are you guys going to try to find you know good strains to put out in terms of the colors? Like, is that part of your goal in the? Yeah, uh, forbidden fruit Mendo being the deepest darkest purple ones. Yeah. Those stand out on the jars, you know, jar appeal. So those are two that we make sure when you go in, you you know that if you hit them with something dark purple and then you hit them with something with light green, like our lucid blue is almost neon green. It's so light. Mm-hmm. You, know, you hit that two and then they see, wow, look at the difference in spectrum. You got this horizon of the neon green and this horizon of the dark purple and everything in between. So yeah. that is something that people will buy more than one strain if they notice that they can have more different appeals for the strains. And that's mm-hmm. something that's, I think we do a really impressive job with the hand trimming and stuff we'll get into later that each strain has its own look and in the jar that really does come through. So uh, people uh, obsess in California, I know about purple weed, you know, if it's purple, they want to try it just from yeah. what I hear and yeah. Yeah. my experience. And like we've talked to other people, they, they kind of shy away from it. So it's nice to have that option for the people coming from other areas trying to, you know, get exposed to the Oregon cannabis life and culture. Mm-hmm. But the other people who are connoisseurs kind of know what they're looking for. They can go for our other yeah. other strains that have other spectrums. So. Now on you guys, now Steve, Nick, both of you guys, did you guys come from a cannabis background in terms of using it? You know, I, I've used it since I was 18. So I did. Yeah. yeah. High school, got into it a little bit, you know, was really strict. I'm from Michigan. Uh, but was always, you know, when I, when somebody was talking about different drugs or different substances, uh, cannabis was that one that I, all of a sudden I was like, I think that might work for me. I don't know why, but you know, you, you try and drink, you know, try and wine coolers in the basement, you know, and you're like, oh, I like this. This makes me feel sense. This makes me yeah, it's chugging Zimas through a plastic beer bong. Oh, and you then, remember you know, Zimas. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I tried cannabis and I, I immediately it made more sense to me it didn't get me as intoxicated it didn't get me um to the point where i, I wasn't myself you know when, when you're uh, on other oh yeah alcohol is a big one you can be mm-hmm. oh yeah right <laughs> so even so societally accepted compounds can be a little bit uh, hard on my system so uh yeah for me it's been i've, I've loved the effects of, of different strains and, and different modes of of ingesting but then also you, you realize what cultivation, how different the cultivation aspect of it is from the consumer part. Mm-hmm. My real specialty, I think, is in the, in, the, in the consumption part. If when I was in the dispensary, I could transfer knowledge very easily to people who had no idea. So that was my real catch on to what their knowledge levels is and then gonna go to that level and try to you know, educate them as, as high as I could, but really did help me mm. as an employee, you know. Oh, sure. And so that's, that started turning in my brain like, man, this could be a career. What about so, you, Steve? Like, has uh, it been uh, played a role in your life in terms yeah, of? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we. I think when I moved out to Cali, I was 15. And and so most of the stuff we we would get is that Mexican brickweed. The brown and frown. I, I, it's, <laughs> yep, it's James still, Brown. Actually, I, 
I have fond memories of that stuff. <laughs> I do too, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sometimes those seeds blowing up, grenades yeah. you call them. And, yeah. and Put little holes in your shirt. Yeah. yeah and you can't seat. hide it. Yeah, yeah in the Moss seat. car or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So then my first experience with really good weed was at a dead show. Of course. So we of would course. not, we'd never have enough money to go in every time down in Oakland, but we'd always go to the the parking lot oh yeah <laughs> so that was my first experience of what weed looks can that really beautiful weed and i was just blown away blown away i was like i never want to go back to that <laughs> so, right and then the Pink Floyd concert did the same thing and it was all coming from mendo <gasps> you know and it was all coming down to those yeah. shows and uh so yeah that's so you've been to a pink floyd concert Chalice. yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's saved. That's, that's I, my band. Yeah, man. I, I, I complete. I'm like a little girl throwing her panties on stage, <laughs> man. I'm, so I, I just love Pink Floyd. But uh, yeah, that's well, awesome that you got to see him. I, I obviously will never be able to see them. Uh, not, not like they were. Right. The you know? light shows are still keep. I mean, it's like the uh, even though the band members are fading away. And, right. You know. Yeah. I think they pretty. They might have saved my uh, my life or my uh, my grill <laughs> one night. I was coming back from the bay. Yeah, and I was taking Bart, and it was going from uh, Martinez or something. I was coming back from the Bay and going to San Francisco where my parents moved to, and I was staying with some friends. And I got on, like, one of the last trains going uh, to San Francisco, and we popped through. Shoot, I can't remember what stop it was, but there was these three guys that hopped on the train. It was nobody but me. And then they came up and sat on the chair like this. And they were just staring at me <laughs> and uh it was about to go real bad we hit the oakland station next to you know thousands of people just rushed oh, in no this way. feeling from like you're gonna die <laughs> to everybody who just Save. got out of a concert and they just a vibe and the people sitting and it was just like it just like nice i don't know how to explain it it was, oh, uh, it was wow. very 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 thank god <laughs> yeah, i was like thank god <laughs> and, yeah i went to the show the next night man yeah it was, it, was, it was cool so and you saw like all all the guys like gilmore and uh geez, the whole the whole deal was there that was the robert with the, the pigs whatever the, oh. the, whatever that one that mm -hmm. was wow. yeah that too yeah, the animals yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i have i have the sweatshirt that has that pig <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's funny because uh so in the 70s gilmore wore that pig on his t-shirts a lot and it was just a pig that had like sections taken out of it it almost looked like a butchered pig yeah kinda, that's right? what i was gonna say yeah like a and so i got the sweatshirt and every half the people i see will compliment me like oh i love I like your shirt too. i love pig i love bacon <laughs> You know, and it got vegan people looking at me like, oh, the fuck? screw yeah. you, meat eater. This is an you incognito care about Pink Floyd shirt. And I'm like, much. I'm like, this is my Pink Floyd. You don't even know. Right. <laughs> so, until you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the dangerous but part that's about really cool, man. cryptic. It's, yeah, that's really cool to hear. I So, were you doing, like, were you doing uh, mushrooms and acid and cannabis and stuff? Were you part of that whole? Yeah, I wasn't like, a, I wouldn't say I was just doing it all the time but i'll recollect no that was just yeah, the, yeah. yeah, yeah i did yeah. hear him say he had he i didn't a head do con, deadhead there uh, uh sorry grateful dead concert yeah so, yeah yeah was that a then cam d we did get all that stuff i may have <laughs> taken like a, maybe a cap back in the day and maybe i did try a little dose of this but it wasn't until i went to college where i really was like hey uh, let's split this this eighth of shrooms yeah. <laughs> and then it's just walk You're through the park you know, yeah. at night and and our camp and it's you know so did you just 
did it just something that you ran into like at the concert and you just decided to try cannabis or no it, we were getting that that mexican brick we and just I smoking see. you yeah, know yeah the, yeah on the weekends Paraquat. or whatever that was just my first experience of what weed really yeah. can look like and yeah it smells the turps the, all the stickiness the yeah. beautifulness mm. i had never known that mm-hmm. i've never seen it before my experience then, is pretty similar in cali uh you know coming from colorado i saw that same stuff and then in, and then you know, in California, you start seeing more of that stuff. It was a hard transition, at least for me, because I couldn't decide on if I wanted a half ounce of brown frown or an eighth <laughs> yeah. of green. You know, you, go, you get that one top and you just want to just baby it, yeah, show yeah, it, and smell yeah, it. Yeah. And then, yeah. No, Might no. take the same amount of time to smoke both, you know. Uh, <laughs> it may be, yeah. yeah. That eighth know. of good stuff might last almost as long as the half ounce. Well, when every friend you had came out of the woodwork, right. though, you know, so. Then, then the good stuff's gone. It, that's just what like I mean. Just like Snoop <laughs> off of that movie uh, when he just steps in, smokes all their joint, and then, okay, guys, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I quit smoking yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I had buddies like that in college, yeah. man. Here, you got a sack. They'd be over. I was yeah, always the guy contributing, yeah, you know, when there was nothing to smoke. I was always the guy with the bag of weed and that got really old after a while you know yeah i'm really glad to have everybody being like oh weed's just another thing always have a joint or two on you you know especially in oregon Mm -hmm. if you find somebody who doesn't have a half ounce on them yeah you know know, they must be coming from the doctor or something (laughs) well and i i uh i grew up always working like i always had a job i was working since 14 and so i was had the weed right with cannabis was it something in your family have they been helped by medical for e- either one of you guys? Or is this straight wreck that you guys were just getting Me high? Me personally, no. I mean, back then it was pretty still. I mean, that was 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know? so, so it was, was just pretty devil's lettuce. Yeah, yeah. You know. For me. My it's... family found a bag of weed. My dad, he made me watch while he threw it in the wood burner. Oh, you know, he here. wanted me to, to know that this was, you know, you're not trying even to cool. Yeah, I know. I was like, get me on the roof. I need to replace a couple of shingles up there and help the chimney. For You're like, reason. where's that going? Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as soon as I had some family members go to college and then they brought some good weed back, that's when I went to another level for me too. I was like, oh, this this is how far you can go if you put your time and energy into it. And that's when I realized... So packing really, it in tires really, is not how you do it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember we took a big butcher knife to like a cleaver knife to the pound we got one time it was so compact we couldn't spread it apart so we had to like wedge something into the weed to get it apart and it's just like wow yeah it's just like compact smash seeds in there i often wonder if the uh head rushes that i'd get wasn't from like the diazinon or the paraquat that was in there exactly lack of oxygen your brain is getting when you are mm -hmm. smoking that (laughs) why are my eyes rolling back yeah man (laughs) It's not yeah. supposed to be Roundup. <laughs> exactly. That, that back in those days, they would put out stuff on oh, there. Oh, hell yeah. The weed is too bad to get you high, so they'd put something on there. See, those Mexican crops, like yeah. fields like this back then, they were flying planes over that Absolutely. shit. <laughs> oh, great. They're doing, doing some pest control. No. You know, it seems like, yeah. Like did you, did, have you guys ever, uh, you know, thrown a seed out, like a bag seed or anything like that, trying to grow that bad boy out? So the first time I ever was uh, basically asked to leave my dad's house was when uh, I threw some s- seeds out of the backyard. <laughs> and in mulch, it actually is a really good starter because oh, it's yeah. so compact. Yeah. So I got a really good start out of that. And I took it in the woods and grew it up. That was the first time I ever grew a plant. And when I cut it down, I took it into my basement <laughs> and to dry it out. Yeah, and good this, luck. 
Got and some so, basement weed. And so, yeah, I, I took it in my basement and put it in the room that was the central furnace, right? So oh. it took from the air in that room and distributed it to the entire home. Oh. So I dried my first plant out inside of that room. That And so he comes back from vacation or three day, you know, whenever I had time to go harvest this thing. And uh, I wasn't there, but he comes in the door. And, I mean, from the moment he opens the door, it was like a, a just a... An onslaught of, what of the lead hell? cell, and oh he's a Marine, Naval Academy graduate. He, you know, very much on the conservative side of things. Uh, he was. Did I mean, he find it? He found it. Is that the one he burnt? He he burned that too. Yeah, I uh, wasn't wasn't there to witness it, but uh, he wrote me a a, a letter of, of intent. You know, just a letter like, of intent. You oh, are shit. putting my whole life at risk by doing your little teenage bullcrap. But now he's actually apologized for that. He's like, wow. I see that your steps in life have. Yeah. Brought you to where you are. Yeah, this this whole plan of yours is coming to fruition right now. Yeah. But in my mind, I was kind of thinking, you know, man, this is a plan of action to have a bad life is what I was being told. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm just so into it. I'm so interested in it. I actually think it's a good thing. It's hard for me to turn my back on it, you know? Yeah. So, but it was easy for me to turn my back on Michigan. I left there. And as soon as I left there, I went to Colorado. Got a lot of experience smoking there. <laughs> went into every dispensary I could. Got obsessed with the cannabis culture of just, you know, how easy it was to to learn about different strains and all that stuff. And hit my first fate pen there and learned the differences between the quality of oils as we're learning these days. And since then, it's just been food for, I mean, everybody I talk to is just like, can you share a little bit of the knowledge you've, you've been able to obtain over the years? Because unless you're right there in the thick of it, you really don't get that uh, upfront, full frontal knowledge that you're going to get. But right. No, and there's a lot of just uh, misinformation, too. Mm -hmm. Now that they have got corporate stuff out there and these uh, advertisers. Right. Uh, marketing. Mm -hmm. Man, things are getting skewed pretty bad. Yeah. A lot, so, a real, lot real of bad. stuff. It's real hard. We try to always be clear with communication, mm -hmm. but it's tough. You know, just saying the word organic or full spectrum could mean a fucking million things, a million man. million things. And just, I remember on one of your episode, the six star, seven star. Yeah. I remember oh, yeah. learning that rating. The star was a melt rating. If you have four star, it's not totally melt, full melt. Right. Five stars, full melt. Full melt. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was the top. And then I heard six. And then I heard talking about seven star. I'm like, okay, this is just people saying. <laughs> and they're you know, making things. up stars. <laughs> yeah. Well, making up stars <laughs> yeah. and, and just making up a level. Yeah. That... We need to have an agreed upon, just like the terpenes. We test for terpenes. This lab tests for five terpenes this lab tests for 18 terpenes and then of course the percentage with the larger spectrum of terpenes tested for you're gonna have a whoa we got 18 percent terpenes or 12 percent terpenes and we only have four but for ours that's really really high yeah because, because we're only testing a certain amount do you yeah. guys find it hard to get in dispensaries in general like well, up the eye you know i think I that's a good transition into yeah. kind of like what year one was like let's talk two. about it yeah so year one uh we had no sales team steve would walk right into dispensary and he'd be like i have good weed that's test already tested that's bagged up ready to sell <laughs> almost everybody was like yes please you know and the prices were double well, roughly double he's a big guy yeah, i no, got some weed to sell buy this from buy break it. your arm i think uh, it, was, it wasn't quite that easy a lot of a lot of people there was still a, i think a stigma on outdoor mm. and i i don't know if most of the good outdoor i was assuming in oregon probably didn't stay in oregon or People who started these stores had no idea that that outdoor can be really great and taste and be beautiful too. Mm -hmm. So some people just said, "No, we don't do outdoor at all." And I, I was looking at their shelves, and I was just and that was in year one. It. 
Yeah, year, yeah, yeah he was doing most of the sales year one. I mean, he got it. So Tumbleweed out in uh, Heinz, Oregon. They, uh, no one was coming out to them because they were so far away. Wait, that's mm-hmm. the name of the place? Tumbleweed? So, tumbleweed is the name of the dispensary, yeah. yeah. In How, fitting. <laughs> How, right? How fitting. Yeah, and they're in the high <laughs> desert, right? So it's, yeah. yeah, it was way... And they're way actually way branding out. in Oklahoma now. So they're, they're, wow. the tumbleweed name is going to be, yeah. Tumbleweed. Uh, tumbleweed. <laughs> it's going to be tumbling. I would yeah. not buy weed at a place called tumbleweed. <laughs> and you think about brown. Call about, pres- yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, all principles. It? Rolling across some dry desert. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but it is fitting for the area, you know, kind of enough yes. of a pun for it to work. And, uh, yeah, if you but, rolled in there, you would kind of know. It's a but little he, town. Yeah. There's like 150 miles in each direction where mm-hmm. they didn't have, it was like, You'd hit 420-ville over there on the border, and then she was on the way to Bend in between in the middle of nowhere. Right. See a coyote, man, you know, something like that. Like, Jesus, open my truck doesn't break. Yeah. (laughs) They're the only game in town. Right. I remember. But they needed wheat. But back in the black market days, I remember the guy that was the only guy in the only game in town. We'd go to Portland from Medford. We'd drive all the way to Portland to get bongs. Because Medford didn't have yeah. them, you know. Really and we went to that one guy that was the only game in town. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh to get the only one who's worth risking his life. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that year one, luckily, he was able to sell everything. And the, the sales team well, didn't really... I, yeah, I had, we had this other two. There was a couple. Uh, Forrest and Madison, they worked for us. And they were, they were a couple. And they stayed in their van. And they would go up to portland and do some rounds but yeah it was it was pretty tough but the pricing was up where you know it was good for us you know? and you we guys 15, came in 16 to 18 okay a pound oh wow good and so for outdoor yeah mm-hmm. wow that's really good yeah that's yeah. where it should be i think sure sure <laughs> of course of course and that was tier you were a tier two uh-huh. tier two yeah that's a sugar tree farm one over here it's uh that's how you started though was as a tier two yeah we went in late i think we we put our first plan in um what was it august 8th oh wow yeah super late yeah. And uh, <laughs> that geez. must have been a big clone. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And we were just we were just waiting on our license, and this place was wasn't closed on yet. And I had brutal. I had many plants under my uh, medical license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> it was a time. it was a shit show. But uh, we we got in, and and I think we still did going in August eighth. I think we. We still had over a thousand. I think we had twelve hundred pounds out of that one garden wow. going in that late. Now we Jesus. average for each farm somewhere around twenty six hundred pounds per acre. Yeah. So five thousand. That's between plus. smalls and big. I haven't broken it all the way down, but that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just started Sugar Tree Farm too, and I think we're on our twenty seventh, twenty seven hundred tag. So there's the harvest lots in there too. With how, how many strains? And then some samples in there, but mainly that's just all pounds. Wow. Nice. Do you have a do you have like an average per row? Um it'd have to be strain specific yeah, and I right. have to go back to no. kind of see where we're at. Yeah, I was but, just curious. But like during harvest it's just the tubs. Yeah. You know, like yeah. like we just pulled down our purple train wreck and they were, you know, thirty three pounds, you know, twenty eight pounds, thirty pounds, that's all wet. But wow. you know, the chocolate hashberry we, we tore down before that, they were like 15, 17, this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends on the strain, basically yeah. how heavy sure. they are. and Yeah. Yeah, and how big a whack we take out of that first cut, too. So you're you're straight out there just hustling that first year. Yeah. I yeah, mean, in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack of all trades. Winging it, for sure. Man. Right. Well, so you're able to survive at least, obviously. Yeah. 
That was the main year. No, it was great. It was great. We're like, all right, let's go for number two. And then the the prices just went. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so year two, I think you kind of saw like, okay, let's let's try to get serious with our sales stuff. We got... Jason uh, Reynolds is his last name. Jason yeah, Reynolds. yeah, aka Whitey. Whitey, yeah, he he's up in Portland. He's our wholesale. He runs the basically the, the gambit on all of the sales criteria. So he's mm-hmm. yeah. so he and we do packaging up in our wholesale mm-hmm. office for our own stuff. So it's definitely a two set outsourcing. That's a, oh, that's, that's good. That's a weird thing too that I'm sure a lot of farmers have issues with is when they have to send out they make a relationship, then they have to worry about. That company also being able to yeah package uh, it up because you can't bring it back to the farm right. So the package that's brothers that's problem. their whole business is if, if if you're in that area where you can't figure that out, they come in and package it for you on their facility and their site. But that that transition into year two, Jason he opened up the wholesale, and I think that's really when things started to get yeah it's really easier. It's <laughs> logistics too. Yeah, I mean when I would send those guys out the first year, uh, uh, Madison and Forest, they would just pack their van. And they would just go go around. Then we only had a certain amount of time to come back, so that was an issue. And they would sleep in their van, and it was it was kind of cool. We just kind of yeah. winged it. Is it yeah. wing it or wung it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it? it. <laughs> we winged it. Text or texted? I don't know. Yeah, it was, and then yeah, we just wanted to expand. We wanted to go big and do what we do. And I'm sure I don't know how many other farmers talk about this, but um, just the price. Price has been tough on us. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, especially, well, like you, you say, it hurts. Because yeah. the margins are so high on flour at the stores where I think back to the extractors, they're more along our lines. They're, it's a 100% markup, you know. Um, so they're having a tough time. And we're not even 100% markup. It costs us a grip per pound to get it out uh, under cameras and, and security, you know, armed security guards. And then management and yeah, trim hand trimming power that goes it costs a lot of money man yeah man it's, uh, i'm just hoping these prices go up and uh, it'd be you know i've often wondered if it wouldn't be in in relation to what you're saying if it would be advantage to be able to have because most of the retail system is set up with an msrp right and, exactly and i don't see don't why know what that is okay go ahead you you have a product that you want to sell they have an agreement for what that is going to be to the customer and so, it cannot be any higher it's or lower right than that. higher yeah. you hear it a lot of well, car commercials you know the msrp you know the guy comes in and says, but you know doesn't really transfer what what is that really and what is what is that for what is what's the reason for that and that would be really nice to, mm-hmm. to get onto that one. Well, day. I don't see it's, why it has to be exempt. I mean, it, it's a, it's a consumer you know consumable product that's mm-hmm. treat treated just like any other retail product. And so, why can't they set up an MSRP to protect you guys? Right. It doesn't mean you can't go below MSRP. That's what I mean. Or, you know, you but know, that's not affecting you guys. You right. can say, hey, look, we, we'll sell it to you for this. You yeah. can't go over double what we sell it to you for. And whatever that gap is, that dollar ten we sell to you, then you sell it at whatever. What are you paying for in that? eight dollar markup or whatever that's the samples they bring home to their husbands <laughs> but like you know there could be taxes and things or fines or things that, that mm. we don't see we okay so when we get in something I, I we don't so much go by uh or i mean like when he if he says something that you could easily be like well here's some of that yeah i really want him to know on the on the, on the yeah on the back end that there's a reason why that gets marked up because when i get told reasons i'm like I don't know if that any makes any sense to me. I don't know if we were just making things up to make me feel better about it or if it's actually real, you know. I th- I, I got to say 
that a lot of places they do do it because they're trying to make the money. Mm-hmm. And flour is the one to make money. That's uh, the product you can actually yes, make some money. Because on. you can't, you can bullshit somebody and have like shit on the shelf and be like, we're going to charge you five dollars a gram for it. Yeah. When in all actuality, it was like fifty cents for a gram for it when mm-hmm. they bought it or something like right. that. But when we get stuff, if it is in the certain price range, it will stay in that certain price range. If we pay something like we have had people that have brought in. Um, like high quality flour and sold it to us for a really good price. And we still kept it at mm-hmm. a decent price for people yeah, because we, we honestly go on the customer side. If you go to the grocery store and you're like, man, I just got an avocado for, for 89 cents. Now it's a dollar 25. Yeah. You don't not buy the avocado. You just say, oh man, I, I better only get one avocado rather than six. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's the case for cannabis. I really think that there's a, a kind of a special, um, chemical in someone's brain that says i i have been buying this weed you know i i know for sure this is the same strain same phenol the same cut mm-hmm. you know you guys it's literally just a different time in the year and that's why you can get more money that doesn't transfer over to cannabis like it does for yeah other it's a commodity and and our biggest issue is our margins are so thin if and we're farming i mean if a hailstorm comes in here or catastrophe a catastrophe yeah. we're mm-hmm. done instantly yeah. we could yeah. be and you, we and so the dispensaries are making 500 percent. 500 percent. the farm's not even close yeah. to making you know 50 you know it's, it's just not there where we're barely making any money there's no room for failure right. and that's that's the toughest thing for me to swallow because every business owner i mean we're we're a night away from a hailstorm that could sink us and yeah. i spent 12 hours a day, I haven't seen my daughter, you know, all that stuff. We got to have some cushion. We need a little bit of that margin back from these stores and they have to understand it takes money and time. Yeah. And I got, I got people here. I need to feed to my, my employees and, and we're a little family here too. And, and it'd be nice to get a little bit of that back. It'd yeah. also be nice to hand out hats, stickers, yeah. t-shirts, and that, yeah. dab mats. That is directly from bit. the profit. We can't. It's I don't actually... think a lot of people understand that. I don't think that even people that uh, come in to dispensaries, they just they expect you to have the flower there. Right. If you don't have the flower there, why isn't it here? Yeah, and you're like looking at it and be like, do you realize what goes into this flower that you're smoking every day? Yeah. yeah. I know that you guys are not happy that we don't have forbidden fruit here right now, but... Uh, and, and then on the flip side... Those same people sit here and they look at harvest dates and test results. Interesting. And it's starting to get really bad on that. The people are like, oh, no. Oh, this is three months old. I don't want it. And I'm like, wow. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, that's you can still process that. (laughs) Seriously. <laughs> and we we owe about a million dollars investment into our uh, facilities to keep it at a humidor yeah. type environment yeah. where yeah. we're not losing or yeah. gaining anymore. If it's yeah. too humid outside, we're we're not getting mm-hmm. moldy weed or you know. Yeah. Well, as you guys know, as growers, I mean, there's many places you can fail. I mean, even from, from when they're babies, if they're if they got some something in them, you'll just chase it all season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a ton of expenses that go into it, and that those drying facilities are, are how we keep those turps. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and this is a good example right here. Um, I you know I've been growing since like 2000, 2001 ish. Most of that was you know, of course, I spent the first five, ten years just growing in closets and shit. You know, growing bag seed and stuff. And then the last decade or few years, we've been able to do a lot more. And this year out of all these years and that's not a lot but you know out of the almost 20 years that we've done it um never had rust issues 
Mm. And this is a good example of how it could just wipe out your whole crop oh, and then God, you're screwed yeah. out of something just overnight. <laughs> that could have wiped out, you know, a third of your fields. Oh, yeah. And, and, and not be able to control it very well. Mm-hmm. So. That's the same thing with russets. I mean, those little bastards come in. Little fuckers. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they suck. Yeah. No, we, I mean, what's weird too? Sulfur will take them out, but then you ruin all your trim. Right. You know, well, or your flower, you, you can still sulf- taste it a little bit. Sulfur, you got to use way, way, way early. early. Huh? And, right? and once you're even close to, fl- you got to get rid of that. So yeah. back in the day, you know, people, people, you can just nuke those things. But I would never do it when there was any bit of a flower on it. Uh, I'm not saying I didn't back in the day. Um, but if 20. it had any bit of flower on it, I would let it ride out. I'd be just like, dude, I'm not going to do that. I think, I don't know if you would say karma. Cause I don't, you know, I don't know if I believe in karma, but that same type of thing. That well, did you conscience. did yeah, you guys see that uh, they they tested? There was an article, uh, New York Times that they were showing that tested uh, the five major black market companies. So they did a test on those five big brands, and eighty five percent of the carts had Eagle Twenty in them. Yeah. Oof. Still heard, to this I heard day, Eagle Twenty. Um, can be generational, yeah. like three generations yeah. in. If you spray a mom, it could be down to three. Holy shit, three, I did not know that. Cuts oh, after yeah. her. Wow. Yep. So, so these black I, I market don't know if that's guys, for sure, but that's a rumor I heard from. Uh, they crazy. don't give a shit. I remember my. Uh, that's uh, just insane. My ex and I had done some growing, and we got a plant given to us, and it was the worst looking plant I had ever seen because the guy had given it to us this big, and it, he had he'd had it for quite a while. He decided to put a whole bunch of um, the. Uh, what you use for your tomatoes that you don't ever want to use on cannabis. Miracle Grow. There we go. I don't use, Mir- I don't use Miracle Grow. <laughs> no, not what, even no, on my tomatoes. What you can use on tomatoes, but I you don't want to use saying. on cannabis. Yeah. We don't use Miracle Grow. I don't. Um, Although they have organic now. Have you seen They do have I, they organic. They put that word on the label. Right. Um, <laughs> but he had used Miracle Grow on it. And so, and he had tried to cut Classy. the buds that had came out already. He had clipped them off because he was them. going to smoke them. Yeah. And he put them in a paper bag and put them on the windowsill. And then he ended up giving us the, the flower mm. or giving us the plant and we brought it back to life. But at the same time, I'm thinking that Miracle Grow did not come out of it. No, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the so fruit, it's, it's fruit, yeah, the salts are in there. Yeah. The fruity Pebbles Black Market is not because of the taste, it's because the snap crackle pop yeah uh, yeah and it snap crackled <laughs> and popped when he was lighting it so oh. we're like we are all good on that because he's just like, it's just fine you want some <laughs> and maybe that you know when you're starting a business like this they had the knack for it, right they were like you know we we do a pretty good job maybe we should try this out yeah. in the back of their minds you know and that's cool to know that instead of like well we can do it so we're just gonna do it it's actually yeah. like oh, it's kind of calling to me well, yeah, yeah and that's the thing, Steve. Did you have you had a passion for it? Obviously, yeah, I love. I it. mean, especially I mean, if you're not a big smoker, you have to have a passion to be a farmer. Well, I used green to be thumb. a big smoker. I mean, it's just gotten a lot less now that I'm not a very functioning. Smoker. I'm like more like if you know, yeah, it just churned for me one day where, well, you know, I'd smoke and still go to college or whatever, go to class, whatever. But I, I could function back in the day. Right now, I just can't anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I, I think I just have too much on my mind. You got started, shit to do. Yeah, I got, I'm here too much <laughs> and I go home. I only have like, you know, an hour with my daughter. Do I want to be all high with her? No. Yeah. I, but I do, you know, take a little rip and sit on my lazy boy, talk to my wife and giggle or whatever. She's That's five. a natural progression Aww. through life. I bet when yeah. she's out of the home and, you know, you might get into it again someday. Yeah, maybe. You know? and I've, I've went through those cycles too where right. I've smoked a lot. I'm like, all right, I'm going to cut it out. Because I have enough vices. 
you know i, I love food yeah <laughs> you know i you know i love food and I, my I number love one. dark beer Squeeze. too you know so it's uh you just i just try to stick to a couple mm-hmm. vices and then i'll yeah. swap one out for another sure. one. well like, and, okay. and that's good to to rotate that's not rotate but you know rotate <laughs> out of it because i quit for five six months five five and a half months and man what a great thing mm-hmm. uh coming back to it was great um <laughs> I mean, not just in that way, but I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself mm-hmm. when I want to smoke, when I don't, you know, I just a lot of stuff. So. Well, it's, a couple it's technically classified as like a hallucinogen, you know, not as the federal level. I know it's, right. that's not a good classification, but like in certain science circles, they'll actually call it a hallucinogen, not just a psychotro- psychotropic or whatever mm-hmm. the technical term is. And you don't really get that hallucination feeling after years I of wish. smoking. No. But I remember I would see colors and stuff when, yeah. I, was, when I was younger. I mean, we'd swept, the first time I ever got Northern Lights, my brother came back from Michigan State University with some Northern Lights. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, man, let's smoke it up. And I was, I was tripping. I mean, I, I was pretty much like, you know, not, not like a mushroom trip, but definitely... Yeah. Things were being brought out to me that I was like, Whoa. So like things felt a lot better. Well, yeah, not the yeah. feeling, the effects, the visuals, and it was just like this is crazy. Yeah, I was listening to music, and I felt like the music was, you know, it was a hell yeah. mild hallucinogen. Yeah, well, and they say that uh, that's why anxiety can be induced from it is because it it um, it makes all your senses more like you take in more information. Right, you take yeah. in more. So our day is spent literally, and I was in optics for twenty years, and we learned this in college, but you know, you're. Just your vision takes out approximately twenty percent of everything that you see. Right. You want to. Your brain's trying to filter some stuff. That's what I'm saying. You can't really take in every single detail that happens every single moment mm-hmm. um, in your five senses. And so each one of those senses is taking in a certain amount of nothing, or yes. not nothing, but filtering it. And so when you do a substance like cannabis, it can open those gateways to more stimulation, and people really like. <gasps> Can yeah, get I the anxiety more from that. too. Like, well, I'm stressed about here, working too hard, and I go mm-hmm. home, and I could be a little short sometimes, even with my people and stuff here. You know, it's not like I mean to be, but it's just stress. And, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, I'm way more compassionate with my wife. I, like, maybe I should help her go do some stuff real quick, even <laughs> though I'm tired. You know, when I smoke weed, I'm like, focus on her more too. That's so cool. It's good for me. Nice. Yeah, yeah. There's actually, I what did they? There was some article that was talking about. This is a ways back, but it was talking about. Um, sorry, cannabis can make a make parents better parents. Mm-hmm. Obviously, used responsibly. I think that. But goes if you along. engage with your kids, like if you can get yes. to Engaging. a state, like you know, if you can get a couple hits in, and then in in a little bit, go and play with your kids and be totally engaged with them Mm -hmm. on their level because you're not thinking like an adult and worrying about adult shit and just you know kind of being just lazy with your thinking and just playing yeah that's true you from this this go 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 thing strict thing down to like just simple yeah exactly (laughs) you know wrestle whatever yeah no no that's 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 true that's very true not that you should say well i gotta get high to go hang with my kids (laughs) no there's it's it's compassion i I, like along with those studies we're talking about earlier we will be able to study the effects of the brain just like caffeine and sugar like sugar and cocaine of the same brain levels i don't know if you've ever heard that but it affects Mm -hmm. the brain waves kind of are similar when you're high on sugars as in cocaine um but I think once these laboratories kind of get an idea of, okay, this is what we need to 
isn't the engage the brain is fully engaged and there's a i forget his name he's a former professional snowboarder in canada he won a gold medal and he, he can't say he was high while he's doing it but all of his training he was high mm-hmm. i think he stopped they test you stuff for the right Olympics, right right oh yeah yeah all of his his whole you know snowboarding business model was built around being fully engaged and he knew that cannabis was getting him there mm-hmm. and so there's this documentary he has this brand of product in canada i figured it's something gold like you know his, his name is gambit's gold or something like that and he just is all about how cannabis affects the brain you don't need that much to do it hmm. to make those connections but he says like there's certain cells in your brain and body that are waiting for the cannabinoid to attach to it and not a whole lot of other things can actually attach sure, in that way sure. so like our bodies are basically waiting for cannabinoids to be to, to come into the scene you know mm-hmm. to be used in things that we need medically for resting or if it's actual full brain function you know man how <laughs> how wide-ranging this this product can go is really mm-hmm. a big time like oh and the fact that it could make you more sharp what how how much that takes away from the lazy cheeto eating stoner myth you know right yeah. Well, that's I, our favorite thing to do is, is is smoke and then we'll go work out and actually yeah, when we're done you kidding me i get so high when i come out of the gym and you've just we got try, all those and, and yeah no but like we enjoy exactly. sports like we golf the a lot lungs have been oh yeah up. i'm sure oh, yeah. ready for yeah, yeah. but it you know we'll you golf what's that <laughs> it helps, you with, helps you with your swing i um, can't guarantee that especially i don't know with about edibles, that yeah. but <laughs> no but just um pr- pr- to pr- promote activities yeah and cannabis is kind of one of our things and i i don't know i i have been always been the type that likes to do shit high like i'm mm-hmm. that old stoner's like let's get high and do it you know yeah. let's, let's go, go for it. a drive let's, let's get, but, get high and go for a drive uh-huh. <laughs> but bottom but bottom line though is the hardest people you you farmers are uh, you know as far as a group a class of people are i think one of the hardest working groups of people don't make much money you know your, your margins are slim and you need a lot, you need labor. It's it, labor intensive and you're banking a lot each season, right? You And you guys are busting ass. You were talking about 10 hour days just doesn't seem like you're putting in enough. You know, you're like, should I be here 11, 12, 13? Should I even go to bed? Screw this. It goes back to, does it really cause laziness? I mean, some of the hardest workers I know consume cannabis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make cannabis and it's their life. Uh, and, and they're hard, they're working harder than people that don't, consume anything i think that's just turning into it, a no, myth anymore it a myth. i mean if you're a lazy person that's the thing if you're lazy to begin with yeah. it will help you be yeah. lazier mm-hmm. i'll give sure. you that yes if you're lazy and then you smoke a bowl yeah. you're gonna want to sit there i guarantee My favorite that cartoon did an episode about how you can be bored if you're just bored mm-hmm. you smoke some weed it kills the boredom and you shouldn't be just killing boredom you should be engaging in getting a better at your craft or learning something new sure. or a stimulation you know, of some yeah. sorts yeah. <laughs> yeah getting better at math Whatever, whatever you can do to take up that time, don't just kill the boredom with, with weed, especially when you're 17. You know, and that's something I was guilty of, and I always try to preach that to anybody who's... I did a bud tending gig for a wedding, and there's these kids coming up and just kind of acting like, a, you know, it was cool to be the bud tender. I was like, that's... This is absolutely a learned trade. This is... A, this is a, you want to get your car fixed, or and this doesn't take as much knowledge as that. Maybe it does. But I'm just... I've soaked in a lifelong... Uh, amount of knowledge to be able to to tell anybody who comes up to me i can hang in there with the most educated connoisseur and i can definitely go down uh and and mingle with the people who have no idea what they're talking Mm -hmm. about or have never even smoked in difference to indica stiva that stuff um so but they wanted to come up and be like 
you know, let me, I know you're not supposed to smoke in a 21, but, you know, give me a joint or something like that. I give him a big speech, you know. <laughs> I can tell you're a smart kid just by looking in your eye. You will be less fully adaptable to the world if you, if you kill the brain cells now. Your brain is going to be ready to go once you're 25, 30, you know. I remember I clicked into gear about 30, 31. I was like, wow, yeah. I actually am feeling like I can do things. I have some knowledge. I want to go out there and work. Yeah. Experience is there. I remember being younger, just being like lost, you know, not feeling like, I, you know, what do I do? I don't really. <laughs> we're in we're in year two, and you were saying that things are picking up. And uh, we're did in you year got three now? Well, okay. Right? Yeah, well, you're three, but in, in our so, talking, we were yes. yeah year two. And uh, you you guys did finish strong for year two. We I did. Mean, we broadened our horizons okay. as far as three, the product list. Year now, I think. Yeah. This is our fourth harvest, right? But that four? second year, we were in twice as many cities as we were the first year. Yeah. Third year, we're in, we're in twice as many as the year before. That's been a nice progression. Yeah, uh, 17th harvest. We, I mean, when we did this second one, we didn't even know if we we're going to be able to sell it all. Oh, shit. The you know this last season, you know, because it was so bad for all the farmers. But no, and then I think, and we didn't dip below five hundred a pound. We never which did, which was still pretty low. But yeah, other people who were planning on closing the business or any number of other options they were going toward, you know, some shenanigans. Um, going below five hundred dollars a pound was kind of like an exit strategy for them. They wanted to fire sale it all and sell their license and, and go in to do something else. The people that wanted to hang on, it was really hard for them to make sense of that time you know right. we drop our prices low to compete but also we're not trying to just get rid of the stuff and go back to doing what we were doing before cannabis yeah it's such a tricky spot to be in because uh, you know pricing can also screw you over too mm -hmm. all of a sudden you become a mids you're like how, how do you how do you balance that like well i want to be able to sell this product <laughs> but these you know and when we were first talking about this podcast, you're like, you know, what can make us different? What can really sound? Mm -hmm. What really stand, lets us stand apart from other people? I think that right there, that point of when the prices went down and you had to start cutting corners to survive, they didn't cut corners on the things that I feel are super important. So I really was able to still step into the shops and sell with 100% confidence, right. not knowing that they're, you know, using you know nutrients and things that aren't approved of and, and aren't proven and you know kind of already have been stood the test of time hand trimming they didn't just bring in a bunch of machines you know so that was really impressive to see them mold their style around these incoming you know mm -hmm. elements that they had to kind of you know get, how am i gonna stay alive during this time hand trimming stayed there the nutrient recipe stayed the same they didn't spend as much money on the soil. They got a little more crafty with mixing their own, and mm -hmm. that took away thousands of dollars in cost, you know? And so where can we cut corners that's not going to affect the end game of the product, the actual cannabis when it goes into someone's pipe or in the papers? What? How can we keep that the same but also absorb the, the shock of having the... Oh, and we didn't pay ourselves for That's the other part. Too. These guys are going home without... Yeah, it was almost <laughs> feeling like I'm paying, paying for all the... Back years. I was almost like, here you go, here it all is. Right. Yeah. It's like now, you know. So that's why we pretty much drew a line in the sand, man. If we were gonna have to keep selling five hundred dollar pounds, we're just not gonna do it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there's no money in it. Yeah. yeah. There's no yeah. money in it. So have you have you guys uh, thought about when the borders open up? Is big that, time. Is that something well, you guys something are? Something that's another back reason why we're still hanging in there doing our thing is is we know eventually we want sugar tree we want to be branched out we want to 
want to show off our craft just like the like the breweries that they get mm-hmm. to sell all over the place you know if they want to mm-hmm. it'd be you know? cool to be Why able not? to benefit from that at least a couple of years <clears throat> before anybody moves on from the initial investment you want to make sure that you have stood around long enough for for microsoft to become microsoft you know? yeah right actually capitalize on the on the brand so that's what i'm really excited to see for these guys is if we can all stick together until one two years of of a national database you know my career still i still have many years to, to figure out what i'm going to do but if i can be with these guys for as long as it goes from the days of starting from brand new no I have no idea what's going on to be on a national distribution level i think that's a pretty worthwhile project to be involved with no matter hell what yeah doing. yeah hell yeah so, well, i think oregon as a state can jump in and really have a good overall brand from the state you well, know oregon supplying the country well yeah, yeah that and it's other. taught us to be as lean and mean as possible that's I for mean, sure survive in the in the oregon market yeah you're gonna kill it once it goes yeah across, oh hell yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think problems like not being able to supply the amount that you'll need will right. be the issue not and that is exactly what gets us into year three year okay. three we opened up a second garden we uh, got our plans for a third garden we got uh uh, our menu dialed in a little bit better. We uh, got onto um, what's that website where you can uh, like LeafLink? I think it is. Leafly. Le- I don't even know. Leafly for I the just... menu and then LeafLink to actually. Oh, Leafly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got on there. So we're we're starting to get these tools in place that's going to make national distribution. Do we even make sell sense. anything through that thing, or am I just paying for it for nothing? <laughs> it it right sounded now, good at first, but I don't know yeah. if any product actually went through that damn thing. Right now, I don't think it's it's paying for itself. It did at first. He got some new people that, that hit him up, but then we had so many people hitting us up after that that we had to move the on the website. It said, you know, on back order. Do you guys use that? Do you guys look on there and order anything through that site? I come to them every week, so they don't need to. I uh, think that it, I think that we talk to you. Other... Yeah, we talk to you so much that it's just like, what you got? But you, you might <laughs> yeah. go on there for other companies. We know him personally so yeah. much that that's that's how Megan deals with it. Do you go on there for you. other companies? I don't know. I wonder. Yeah. I don't know if Megan uses it for other... I'm, I'm sure if other companies use it, then she has used it. I think mm-hmm. I've heard of LeafLink calling us before. Yeah. Because it's free for you guys, but it costs the farmers money. So we can actually... I think how we had it kind of set up is where we would put, you know, 80 pounds or 100 pounds on this thing where they can just go online and buy them. And okay. then they, you have within three days to get them the product. So people late at night or whatever, they just want to do some shopping around. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense if you trust the company. And right. I think that's what you just need to be. You need to be in the game long enough or, or know our product that you know and say, hey, I want right. some Lucid Blue. You know what it's going to look like when it gets to you. Right, yeah. So I don't know. But we're, right. we're trying a few things here and there. But back to being mean and lean, it's just... Uh, you know, there's a lot of good growers from back up Northern Cali that I was trying to get up here to do this thing with us. And it was really tough to transition the old guys into the new thing. You know, everybody's used to taking three months off or they can make six figures in their backyard. Why would I come work for you when I can, I could only pay them like 60 grand? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a, a lot of worthwhile knowledge being lost yeah, there. Yeah, man, it's, yeah. it is loss. I mean, we're still... You can still lean on the old guys and the old hippies on the hill or your old buddies with problems and stuff, but it's definitely a mm-hmm. transition from from the, you know, diving under 
plants from choppers you know <laughs> You miss it, really sounds nostalgic in your voice, though. It like, is. Yeah. Like, he's like, I really uh, wish I could get chased by a copter. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, they were they were spraying um, a hemp field near my house. Chopper, I never get used to the sound of choppers, man. Yeah, never. it's it's that PTSD. you know, never. it is. You're like, you could be totally legal and still, yeah, still choppers. It still choppers could be the feds, I guess. Yeah, and still make me nervous. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I know, right. That's yeah. I don't know about that Fed thing. That's it's an interesting situation that we're in, to say the least. Yeah. Still, well, and I didn't think it was going to take this long. And now, honestly. Yeah. And um, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully. And we're heading. I think for all kinds of things, FDA regulation, and it's just. Mm-hmm. We've already got the Surgeon General's warning, guys. Right. We're moving yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only we, cigarettes and alcohol have yeah. that right we, now. <laughs> we, that's, we feel fortunate, I think, to be in that position where we're not on the high on the radar or at all on the radar for the OCC. So we've been able to keep compliant and very few, if I mean, almost, I think, no fines in some year. Maybe one year we get one or two, you know. Who? And that's... Oh, it's like us. I don't know. Do we get any fines? No, we never got any violations. Well, so, and, and, or I mean, like, here you need to get this better. Yeah, okay. yeah We're yeah, always yeah. up on, t- sure. on code for things, and that's really nice to know. Maybe they had to come in and be like, oh, this yeah, needs like, to be two inches higher, or this needs to be... I think the first year, what it was, is um, when I was doing the harvest batches or whatever, it was, it was all that tons of wet weight, Oh. and I never switched it. I never took that out of metric, the wet, that massive amount of wet weight. I never transitioned it in metric to the dry weight or something. So it was still in there somewhere where I wasn't looking at it. So the state was like, oh, I'm going to look at, uh, you know, 2,000 pounds. Where is it? I'm like, dude, it's all wet weight, man. And so it's like, I think a lot of people did that. And I was thinking this whole million pounds of shit in metric is actually wet weights from people doing the same mistake I did. Yeah. Is they didn't <laughs> right. re once it's all dry, they didn't re weigh it and put it, take it and finish that harvest off. Yeah, because there's a little finish button in there. If you don't hit that fucker, you supposedly have thousands of pounds in there. And I think that's a lot of the extra weight that's in metric is that, that we're wet all weight, that quote wet weight sitting harvest yeah, yeah. that's sticking back somewhere in metric where dummies like me don't know where it's at, and you know yeah. I do now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they it was yeah. So it's I mean, nice to know that that mistake didn't spiderweb into a thousand others. Where they're like, man, you guys are not following any of the rules. We had one or two things to tighten up, and then they were gone. <clears throat> yeah, with the with the lack of things that we've had to change, just being able to follow compliance, read the law, follow through, get it done. Our uh, wholesale manager Jason is really confident that he has in his mind a, a plan for once this thing goes national, to to really not fall back but out, get ahead of the game get out there yeah. into some big cities maybe or you know wherever it is maybe we mm-hmm. get this the four state mm-hmm. uh, coast plus nevada maybe that's sure. the first thing you know practice on that uh, our, we really are excited of that big opportunity of i want to go back to michigan and sell some weed <laughs> well I want to go michigan to, is medically legal now right yeah, and to, for and them to produce a pound of weed it's roughly 1500 to, to two grand and they don't even get as good a quality as that we're able to produce with the like you're saying the spectrum of yeah. turps and, and cannabinoids yeah. that we well, get outside weather's shitty yeah, yeah man yeah. it's, it's, it's just like london right. over there 
Um, so, and it's swampy. It's, I mean, it's, there's a lot of pests. There's, there's a lot of stuff that you yeah. have to contend with over there you don't hear. So yeah. even us going over there with the same price per pound, everybody's like, we're going to be able to grow it way cheaper here than for you to transport it over there. I'm thinking... We'll have to see. We'll have to, this will have to be tested because yeah, we I'm don't know how sure. it's going to go. I mean, I've heard plenty of rumors that they'll probably do distribution centers, mm-hmm. just kind of like they do with alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how that would go. Have you heard the same rumors? No, I haven't heard anything. I have heard l- little bits of you know what they plan on, what they're wanting to do, but I haven't heard too much. I mean, I'm just probably hearing rumors but it makes yeah. sense well it does make it would, sense distribution be, companies i have heard of well it would be, be government regulated i don't know how alcohol comes into the state it's at a center mm-hmm. and then they distribute it right. from there mm-hmm. right and so can you have a workaround if you own a business in that state maybe just fly it through into there not like have it rolled through or i mean that, I, the I, who knows part, how it's going to be but we we mm. definitely definitely want to don't want to do that. I oh, mean, yeah. if we have we have that other farm with eight tax lots, and we can we can still do what we do for Oregon because uh, this is our home. Mm-hmm. So we want to sell weed here, but we want to sell it to. We want to show our craft off everywhere, and actually yeah. get what we think we deserve right. for our weed. <laughs> yeah, you might. You're like. We can't Plus make money bit. shipping it out. We're going to make more money shipping it to you guys. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No. No, we and, didn't and do we, this just to be just to be skimping by. We did yeah. it to make some money. Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, you know, we could talk about how fun it is and it is fun and we love it, but we want to make we want to get paid too. Yeah, I want to buy how we all, all started, <laughs> right? you know. Do you, do you think it is? Do you think it would be better if we just kind of stayed black market or gray market? Or I mean, do you, do you? I don't think. So. I mean, I think for the testing standards, and I've seen grows, and I've been to grows where they, they don't give a shit if they're you know five weeks into flower and spray shit. I don't believe in that personally, but I know that stuff is gone out, and who knows where it went to, you know, and so. I don't think it needs to be as stringent as we got. This this fifteen pound thing is, you know, we spent one hundred and twenty grand on. We testing can only a year. test up to fifteen pounds or less in each testing batch, which costs what two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, two hundred fifty like bucks a pop, and producing five thousand pounds. It adds up quick, and I think we, think I mean, we've been in, we've had nothing pop, in the twenty thousand pounds we've right. had, right? So shouldn't we get a little bit where? If you're not popping, maybe you can test up to 100 right. or something. Is there any better? We just have to keep or testing if, these small batches. Yeah. It's if you costly. need to test in small batch, fine. But we should have some sort of uh, economically feasible way to test 5,000 pounds as opposed to an indoor grow that only needs to test you know, 120 pounds. And they get... Well, you know, yeah. Much, you know, it's so that, it's, but I do believe in the testing. I think... I think if you took anything out of the, the vegetable department at Fred Myers or anywhere else, it would pop all day up and down they spray yeah. the, the rub the skin of the cucumber shit. yeah dude i mean if you test that compared to our weed our stuff is i mean you could yeah. eat off it see and that's what kill that's what kills me too is that they have farmers market where people are bringing in their vegetables their fruits their stuff that they make personally to it's sell organic. it's organic it's bullshit. <laughs> right, you don't yeah. know what's put into that yeah, stuff. They, yeah. It's like, and you actually don't. But yeah, it's cannabis certified. is cleaner for sure than any of that stuff for that they sure. sell. Definitely. And yet we are not allowed to do stuff like that. We have to get it fully tested and pay that much to get it fully tested. Yeah. 
and yet the food that we consume and goes internally into our body. Right. That doesn't need nothing. to be tested. Yeah. <laughs> the argument I've heard is that when you smoke something, it's different than when your body well, puts see, it Well, see, that's the thing. Bile. You know, it's... processing it through a liver and having that is mm-hmm. a first line of defense is... Yeah, lungs are one. ...helps a lot because it goes straight to your bloodstream with, right. with smoking. So. Right. Yes, no. which I agree. But mm-hmm. with as clean as our cannabis is in Oregon, it's like, right. why can't we have farmer's markets? Why can't we just bring it to a shop and <laughs> go sell it? The bottom line is they need to make testing for black market. Uh, see, there we go. <laughs> see? That's who's killing us. It's all that yeah. boof cartridge bullshit. No, the, the black market... That's exactly right. The black market is... I mean, I have... I have my place in, in my heart for it, but not, not as much you know, anymore. Yeah, the thing is, it's right. sad because well, they're the, destroying the name for it. Is yeah. that's the yeah. thing what's is going on right in this day and age of options? It sucks to know that there's just still black market assholes that uh, just don't care. They'll just you know shh, throw that whatever on it. They're literally putting it. the bad name out for cannabis still. Fuck there. these so that's people. What they're trying to hold on to is let's make that bad name for cannabis when we're trying to all move away from that. Well, tobacco is in a similar. If you look at the history of tobacco, you could grow tobacco in your backyard. Now you can't. That was just one thing I often, growing up in Michigan, a lot of people from North Carolina there, when the auto industries opened up the factories, we need a lot of more people there. So Southern culture is actually really popular in Michigan uh, from that reason. It's, you know, 100 or whatever years ago now, but... It's been staying around. The tobacco trade was so, it's, it's a huge, you could get, you know, grade A tobacco from this area, or you could get absolute crap that was going to give you a disease from smoking it. And before you had real belief in if you smoke something that gives you a lung disease, you know, connect the dots between the two, it was, they thought like the evil spirits were getting them or something, <laughs> you know. It was like they didn't couldn't put two or two together. But then when they figured out, man, people are, you know, there's excrement, there is all sorts of God knows what on these things, and then they smoke it, and uh, so that's how it became. Only a few companies can can grow it, and then it got even more controlled, and then they got real, and that's how you got Philip Morris, right? You know. So the history of that, I don't want cannabis to go that way, You're right? Where only a few people are making trillions, and you know, let's just say billions, but like so much money, and I don't see the average gas station worker who sells a pack of Marlboros getting any of that cut, right? You know? No, and. Unlike, I mean, at least with alcohol, we have those positions of the micro brews. Definitely. Or like a bartender, you know, I need this drink. So mixing the drinks together, you know, a bartender could be almost like a little nurse. Or, you know, like they're the nurse practitioner that's like, I have this and this going on in my body. Can you match the terpene profile and cannabinoid content to this, to my ailment? Right. That's That should be a high paying job. If you can listen to somebody saying, I have this ailment and match them with the exact medicine they want and you're not a doctor... It's pretty. That's pretty lucrative, I would say, in mm-hmm. my opinion. There's been um, several nurses out of state that I've talked to. Well, a handful, I should say, not a lot, but a handful of nurses. Um, Jenna was one of them, and then the other lady that we interviewed. Jansen. Um, I can't remember her name, but yeah, she actually got threatened to be kicked out of her nursing program because she was running an IG page to try to help people transition into cannabis and it was her side job it was like her side gig right and she wasn't really making money right. she just wanted to help people yeah mixing her cannabis knowledge with her medical knowledge mm-hmm. they threatened her she had to shut down her whole page everything she was not allowed to put rn on what there kind of old school anyway. uh, yeah reefer madness <laughs> bullshit yeah. is that pharmaceutical companies man they are so powerful and they have so many people working directly for them that have another 
they might have a position title in another company, but the, the person that they're working for is, is the pharmaceutical company. Their, their whole goal is to keep their values mm-hmm. kept in the, into their workplace. I had a friend who was a drug rep, and he's, just, he's not doing it anymore, but he's just like, I, I learned so much being that close to the thing. This is a racket. You know, this is well, that the and, doctors. Yeah, and the, the, the guy that just admitted that he says, we are here for our stockholders, yeah. not for people's yes. health yes. or whatever yes. that he admitted. Yeah. He's, oh, he's an opiate. That that's an opiate uh, company. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's really close to the, like, well, I don't care if I'm killing people. I mean, that, you're almost like, eh. Yeah, we just want to make money. Grandmas are dying. We got to make dying. money. But So what do you think about the people who are going corporate and have to have these stock have stock in the Canada, people coming down and getting into cannabis. Answering what do you think the they're going to do? Are they doing? Is how I feel it. They're turning into. Well, this is another thing that might hurt the small farmer like us is um, they only care about sales. That's so, the thing is if it's a necessary evil, at least they could give some of that bullshit back mm-hmm. to the community. You know, these big corporate companies that have all this damn money and this and that, and they're going to grow a bunch of mids and make a Walmart out of it and shit. Right. They should take that money and put it back into some of the community and and at least do some good in some form if it's a necessary yes. evil. And it seems that like it is. Like, it's just going to happen. In. They're coming in and they're... And you're right. Some people with dough and... That's and the thing. Some guys right. will sell out to it. Some guys won't. And like I said, hopefully, like alcohol, we keep our niches, and people will always want craft See? cannabis. People will oh. always want, you know, Oregon cannabis or, or whatever it is. But and homemade stuff. I go into somebody's basement, like, hey, I got some wine. I'm like, let's try it out. Yeah. So like, that's why I think that the, the, a little bit of the black market thing, you know, being yeah. able to grow in your backyard yeah. or mm-hmm. you know, in your house, whatever, like mm-hmm. that's that would be where I don't want that to be fully eradicated. If right. We can have right. people, mm-hmm. I don't think they can. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, are they like really going to waste? About my dad, though, you know, he thought his whole career, his life, his family yeah. was in jeopardy because of that one plant that was just an experiment as a teenager, you know. So the fear that comes in with, you know, my whole life's it's inbuilt, destroyed. like you say, you can't see a copter without, yeah, yeah, or like a jittery, or the yeah. the uh, the gateway drug myth, you know, <laughs> this this and that. I have family members. Who uh, still they believe that, are probably. so entrenched. That's their belief still. I mean, it's not. It's not wavering at all. It's not like getting diluted. They're, they think that marijuana and heroin on the class schedule one drug mm-hmm. is very justified because of the gateway scenario. And that's you know, I don't know. Unless we get less shenanigans happening, we're not going to be able to get the taboo gone. Mm-hmm. But if we fully eradicate the the black you know the black market tabooness we're gonna miss some of that other stuff so i'd really like it to be regulated fully but if you want to make some wine in your basement or if you want to grow a garden i'm no good at, with tomatoes but i have 100 cherry tomatoes at my house right now because you know i was able to throw them in the backyard they grew yeah. like and that does not mean i don't go to the store and buy tomatoes yes I wait. <laughs> still when i'm serving dinner to somebody else i will still go well, buy no, cherry but tomatoes. and that's that's <laughs> the thing though is Usually the problem with regulation is that the government's not getting their piece of whatever it is. So if they're not getting a piece of it, then it's illegal, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you can be a farm and grow acres as long as you follow the rules. But if you're a home grower, we could bust you still if you're growing an extra plant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because yeah. they're not getting a piece of it, right? right? So let's strike that balance. And, and uh, but what boggles me is that like alcohol, like, home brewing Mm -hmm. uh it doesn't stop those people from buying beer in fact they probably buy better more expensive beer Mm -hmm. 
And same thing, the <laughs> exactly. plants that the plants that we grow is yes for the whole year for us, and it's not like we go out and sell it or anything like that. But we do make our own tinctures, we make yeah. edibles, we make, we make uh, our own medicines. Oh, we yes. make our own medicines, and yeah, I share you a little can share bit. Share those. I share mm-hmm. with a neighbor because they're kind enough to not put up with us, you know, growing. But if they come back three times in a row, you're like, I'm out. I, I, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, there's but, not enough for to get a racket going there. No, that's the thing, and so. But it doesn't prevent in her even working a dispensary. So we get samples, we grow our own, and we still buy <laughs> right stuff from the dispensary. Yeah. So don't tell me that. So it can't. They're they're still getting their hits. Yes, they are yeah, getting I their hits. Still hit. buy from dispensaries, and I got five thousand pounds. <laughs> You're like, That's what I mean. You know what it, I mean? Farmers it's, do I that, and <laughs> so it allows us to then become connoisseurs. Like then we can try different strains because we can afford it. Great we can point. try. You know different brands. That's such a good I can point. try a couple good brands from you guys because you know I, I have that option and I have some money to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I got it's it's like the base newts thing, like my base newts. My, it's my base cannabis at home. You know that's right. my that's my what I have that's you know I can go to when I need it. But if I really want to try something different, you know uh, a micro brew, if right. you will. I can go down and do that. Yeah, and your that's about seventy-five yeah. percent of people. And it allows me anymore. to go out there and experience other flower I might not be able to if I'm buying mids all day because I can't afford it with my paycheck. Right, right. Who are you guys' uh, favorite farms? Um, like, if I were to go out, I, I'll, I'll just try a couple nugs. Focus indoor, outdoor. Focus north. I really <laughs> yeah, like Focus North. Focus uh, North. Wicked Kind is really tasty as well. Wicked's um, good, but he runs a lot of Capulator, and so if you're not into the cakes and stuff yes, like that, or Max, or the Max, uh, which um, I, I am. The thing is, is that that line is more of a daytime. Li- those lines, I should say, are more daytime lines for me. Mm. They're not heavy nice, hitters right. in terms yeah. of the indica sides mm-hmm. great product though but um, a yeah, lot of flavor. definitely so. geek farms a lot of flavor too. geek farms yeah. Yeah. Good. I to those guys back in the day it's been i like a while, but... deschutes Growery. i do too they're, they're the, the ones that we, they're 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 the the ones that we yeah. cannot actually yeah. and here's what's funny is to me their their flower is about the same quality as focus north but right. sorry but you coming in and expecting more than what we're paying focus north right it's tough and you to... want us to put our grams out for twenty dollars and our highest is focus north no right. you're not and you're this not is all gonna, outdoor no uh, no no Deschutes Growery uh, is Deschutes Growery is uh, LED. is LED in their indoor, but it's all uh, single source. They do. Um, um, it's completely closed loop there in terms of like their power and energy. Yes. So, <laughs> so they have they they're off the grid essentially. No so they okay. have solar panels. There they we go. have and it would a shit ton. They have they're all in warehouses and it's like an industrial division. And so you have like you know how industrials are. They'll have like a a, a strip of yeah. warehouses. Mm-hmm. So they have like a couple full strips and then the roofs on both strips are covered are covered in panels. panels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they run that to their own you know uh, awesome. power junction whatever where they store it. Right. And then they run all LEDs inside. They, These guys are doing it as literally off the grid you know self-sustainable as you can especially indoors mm-hmm. they have not just they're like the industrial sliding shelving but they can go up and they can go left to right mm. and it's all the way to the ceiling yeah That's insane. and oh. those rows and it's just a hang so you can just you right. can move so any of it right around. however you want yeah. Yeah. And it was insane to see yeah, and that's and the power of an indoor grow, right? Is you can, right. 
you well, can manipulate just, it so much. The funny thing is, is they've been able to really solidify as a brand, even though they're LED. So many people talk so much shit about LED. I and granted, you know, talk. you can see a difference in the bud structure, but I think there's other things that they can capitalize on. I think you can work terpenes. You can pull some terpenes out with LEDs. And But I, I commend them for doing it, man. You know, they're they're killing it with all that. Just yeah, they they are they have something that no not a lot of people can offer. No, but and they're more geared to the Portland market because right. those guys don't mind paying money up there. Those people would pay twenty dollars grams all day. I long read something and, yesterday thirty two dollars thirty two point six for the average tax paying person in in the Rogue Southern Oregon Rogue Valley. That's Roseburg down. Mm-hmm. Portland just Portland alone it's sixty six dollars per person. So they're spending more than double per person up there. Holy shit! So wow. like yeah, and, they, and they're doing the it every day. It is <laughs> it's a real deal. Well, well then you so go to the coast and it's coast half as less. Eugene and Bend, like <laughs> I'd say that whole Take central part. Row, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole you know, there's different markets. When we go to the coast, most of the time we like to bring our own stuff. Yeah. Not, not to say that there's not good product. If you guys got product over there, I know that Willabilly probably will too. Um, and then also full circle so there's some good product over there but damn but in it's general, like here's scar- their good sparse. skunk or here's their good skunk here's their good <laughs> stuff and then here's all the rest of their stuff which is locally grown from who knows from i don't think that coastal weed is as good as everybody thinks well now is. you can medically if you own the shot there's some streamlined thing there if you if you own the dispensary and you have a medical grow, you can sell your weed in your dispensary. Yeah. Oh, did you know okay. that? Yeah. Okay. Oh. You can work it through metric somehow. I somehow. have heard that you can move, move it through metric. I didn't know how, but I knew that you yeah. could. I did not know it was if it was your yeah, own personal. Yeah, I have some friends on the coast, and that's what they've said. Like you see a lot of bunk stuff. That, that makes way. sense. Yeah. That makes sense because well, we have. But at the same time, that that is one of the strains that I have tried that was coastally grown. Was one of my was it Granny Apple or something like Why? that? Oh no, that was either Geek or Eek is on the coast. That was Green Apple. Geek or Otis. Geek Otis. Is there okay. an Otis? Uh, yeah, there was green apple in Brookings, and I've never been able to find it again. Uh-huh. And it was grown locally by an old dude because I talked to the guys at Bud Bros. They told me who, like, the guy that grew it and everything, have not been able to find that apple strain again. I swear to God, it tasted like it tasted and smelled like granny. That's apples. another shame. Yeah. Like, how if it we could go back so to the eighties and nineties? Sometimes you just lose, lose up them. until now. Yeah, how many how many legendary strains have gone? away and i don't know well maybe we'll never be able to fi- figure out that mix of the com- combination. probably not i think the, there was the there's things that are there. overdone though like jack hair mm-hmm. jesus overdone. christ everything yeah. smells like jack hair when it's crap i think if we get the time machine thing going on in the future i think it'll be a major business to go back to like 93 and try the original dj short blueberry and then like go to right? 88 and try some acapulco well Gold. they've got so i work with second gen generation or Second, Second generation, generation genetics. genetics. Mm-hmm. That's JD Short, and he's DJ Short's son. Uh huh. So he has and JD, not DJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Funny yeah. enough, and people always, people all be like, "It's DJ." I'm like, I know, "No, it's, it's JD." Yeah, Technically, yeah, yeah. we're with the second one, not the first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but working with his genetics, all his is half blueberry. Uh, the right. F4s. Mm-hmm. And man, we have got some fire out of the backyard. Crystally like what you guys got. There's a lot of backyard strains that don't come out like this. Right. But these are. They've they've really stabilized it. Um, which is why I started working with them. Is I mm-hmm. I've got nostalgia of the blueberry from the nineties because that's what I, I remember looking at the back of High Times going, God, I want that blueberry want that. right there. <laughs> Dude, the blueberry I man. Tasting it, being like well, that was when really Terps were coming app. out, yeah. you know? That was like when they started having actual like AK-47 right. and Blueberry and, mm-hmm. 
it was clear cut differences between the strains. It wasn't just weed in the bag. It wasn't just good weed. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. which is now what Jack Harris is like. You got that one smell that most weed smells like. Like, Yeah, that's Jack Terps. Jack Terps are so. I mean, I actually got a Granddaddy Perp cross with some of the thing. There was no like even true, even a true sativa in there, and it still had that Jack smell. I was like, well, how can I get away from this? Yeah, exactly. I I want it when I want it, not all the time. We had some OG Kush the other day that we call it OG Ben Kushed or OG (laughs) Ben Jacked Kush. Yeah, Ben Jacked because it was way jacked <laughs> yeah so Which, and that's what i was pointing out about you guys's field right now man you guys it's like every other plant smells i mean a little variation with respect oh, yeah. to strain yeah. you know it's kidding me mm-hmm. i even we saw the one um the cookies and cream and the forbidden fruit cross yeah. we smelled it two different places yeah. one of them smelled funky and one of them smelled sweet right well now that's the same yeah same fino but god that's phenos. the best part about growing outdoors you yes. guys are producing your own terroir your own appellation to your uh-huh. product and i gotta say out here you guys have a good area too for like the flatness and the 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 good terroirs for this area mm-hmm. because out here medford wise you're away from the hills yeah and you're real- away from you know well central point you're considered central point yeah. but mm-hmm. the flatland of the valley you guys right. are in a really good like right in the middle of the flatland of the valley yeah and it's great to hear you had no problems because you guys are well, no, let's see Central Point. Well, you're not really close to the expressway. We're super yeah. close. It's right, Are they? right our back. Because yeah. that guy yeah. didn't give a shit, did he? That he didn't care about right pulling mails this whole year, did he? The I, guy that's on the expressway. But I don't think he cared. I think he said, screw it, and everybody's getting pissed. Yeah. There was definitely I, a lot of that. I yeah. think they were running out there last year. We were worried about it, too. And, and man. But just, no problems. That's good. I mean, last year we had a, a few seeds, but it wasn't like it was abnormally high. Like the the trim crews would be like, oh, I found a seed. I'm like, that's not that normal to, you know, every three days to find a seed. Yeah. So we did get a little something, but nothing like devastating. Because like yeah. luckily the winds go like this. Come in, they shoot Lateral. straight across. Oh, okay. That's We're awesome. away. I mean, that's huge. Because yeah. if, it, if, it, if it went north, we'd have been, we'd have been right. ready to. Yeah. What we do need to worry about is all these tweakers out here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Central Point's known for that. You yeah. guys, All they see Point, is you opportunity. Guys are, yeah. You guys are on your way towards Central Point, White City. You guys yeah. are like What's prime funny, location of where yep. they hide. Yeah. <laughs> What's yep. weird, though, is they don't come asking for an application. You know, they just like wait till two in the morning. And then it's like, man, if you guys applied yourself, you're in an area of opportunity. And I guess that kind of leads me to like the whole the whole goal of this thing mm-hmm. is to have a far reaching and, and far escalating uh, quality of life for more people, yeah. you know. If you, if you don't know what to do with your life and you want to learn something, this can be a spider webbing, a, a very transferable knowledge base for you to, to get. It's like the lifeblood. It's like the the, uh, the birthright of every Oregonian to mm. be able to work in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. And I like to use that. that. I do too. I'm going to use that so, quote. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, yeah. Coined. <laughs> so if you, if you, Michigan, there's, you know, there's some things, every area of the country in Oregon, we really need to be proud of our birthright to have cannabis in our blood. So mm. yeah. if we can really roll with that, and not just have it be like this taboo thing that we, you know, are a bunch of drug dealers that all we want to do is make a quick buck and, and buy our own <laughs> private island somewhere. It's really a, a the American or just even earth values, yeah. you know, of hard, working hard yeah. outside, knowing what it takes from beginning to end. This is a real thing to have people from all walks of life be able to get, you know, 
the most out of their potential in. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's funny is that this is a growing big industry. If you really want to do it, you can get into it. So there's young people, like once you hit 21, it's like, there's no excuses. Start trimming, start bud tending, do what you can. And, uh, you know, hard days work as a harvest. Yeah. So come yeah. on, see see that it's 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 really fun for people at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it would help people understand really though to break down those bad ideas because uh, you know to see the hardworking people, to see people that are dedicated working the land. It's, yeah, we had a I tour want, out here last week. Go ahead. Yeah, one thing I want to say too is that people I don't think understand they they glorify it. I think with well, then the cannabis the industry, that's the they glorify right it. They're like, oh, you guys are just in this for the money. You guys are just sitting pretty. It's like, yeah, they think we make no. a million no. dollars every day. No, well, like, I think you're dr- we are just, this is a job. <laughs> this is just a field of work. This is the, what we enjoy. We mm-hmm. enjoy doing it, which is why we made it into a job. But I feel that like I have no other mean... choice. I mean, I don't know what else I'd be doing if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. I fiercely, I, yeah. I felt like the first sale I made, I felt such an endorphin rush, which mm-hmm. is actually at your dispensary. Hell yeah. Andrew, yeah. The first sale I ever made is at Telehealth Club. $800 a pound and it went down from there and bounced back up to $800. Oh God, you were the first one. Yeah, That's first ones right. ever. And I had such an endorphin rush and I was like, what is this feeling I'm having? And it was the it was the totality of having learned something, absorb it, get better at it, get a job and use that knowledge in a way that elevates your life. Yeah, so, and it's funny because I've had people tell me about how they're older, like their grandma or something thinks that they're a drug cartel. Right. Well, in this country, this is what you are is a drug cartel. Mm-hmm. Right, the brokest one ever. Right, <laughs> my grandma calls me. My grandma laughs, but calls me a drug dealer. But she's also Costa Rican, and so <laughs> their morals are a lot different. She's coming around to it now, but she's like, "Oh, you sell that marijuana? Uh-huh. You sell those drugs?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah grandma, I do. I do yeah, it." Both small. God, yeah. God forbid we we you know have agriculture. I... All right, so why don't you tell us how to get a hold of you guys? How do the listeners find you? Get one of our main uh, uh, go to mediums is instagram we do not hire a company to run our instagram page so if you're not super impressed with with how it looks maybe you can give us a few tips it's just us posting stuff that we Uh think is cool awesome and that's worthwhile but uh it's sugar underscore tree underscore farm yeah that's the separated by underscores but I've typed in the search bar Sugar Tree Farm and it's coming up as the top fee. Top. Yeah, just don't get shadow banned. Right. Yep, yeah, exactly. I, if I you're a dispensary that. owner looking to get a leaf link, uh, we also have uh, nick at sugartreefarm.com's email address and uh, Sugar Tree Farm uh, should be, uh, the sugartreefarm.com should be a place where they can actually go and get Yeah, we have, a, I think it's a page in work. It's pretty basic, for yeah. three years. Yeah. We haven't <laughs> ever done anything with it. But there's some it's a this, landing page, yeah. but our Instagram shows well, it'll get you there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. If if you can't find our product in a dispensary in your town, we would like to know about that because we feel like we have at least 20% of all dispensaries in almost every town in the state. We have at least one or two out of 10. The coast or, might be a little hard up north. Mm-hmm. I don't think those guys ever make it over there from yeah. like west of the of Portland. Mm-hmm. So Here in Medford, Talent Health Club, Mother Earth Medicines, Weed Bucks, Canopy 7, they are the top buyers for our, our stuff. Okay. Rogue Valley Cannabis, they buy okay. once in a while. That store RBC. is cool as it looks like on the online Canopy 7. Canopy 7 is cool. All right, and so, let's see. What what strains are we going to be able to come man, this season? you better this be season? looking for Forbidden Fruit, Eden's Apple, Cookies and Cream, Tahoe OG. I want everybody to look for Black Mamba. Black Mamba, that. that's yeah. fine. Everybody needs to look at that Black Mamba, especially <laughs> the Indica people out yeah, there. Our sugar cookies is mm-hmm. really good, Sugar too. cookies is amazing. Okay. And Ooh, yeah, uh, Lucid Blue is probably the Lucid one that blue. 
it's the far it's it's uh amnesia haze and blue dream cross might not sound like the uh, home it's run tasty. but everybody who has put it on their shelves has sold it lickety split fast. nice so we sold through speaks for itself mm-hmm. and, and don't be afraid food. of the the older Sorry. ones like blue dream our blue dream tastes like old school blue dream nice you know, our okay. tahoe og gives you the buds of the tahoe back oh, in the day you know mm-hmm. so that's one thing that if you see the name from sugar tree that that might sound a little older don't be afraid to try it again to, to get that nostalgic feeling that you had yeah. from back in the day okay so awesome. excellent mm-hmm. all right so we'll look for those strains this yep. year I hope you guys have a great harvest. Thanks for coming on. I know you guys are busy. We really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate yeah, it. And hopefully, maybe out. next year we can get you back to see how we've elevated our game. Here. Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely like checking in. So Sweet. we'll do it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank we you appreciate so it. much. Appreciate right. the opportunity. Yeah.